You're listening to the Jets Nation Podcast. Hey, I'm Cody Bueller, joined by my brother Kyle. Today on the show, we're going to take a look at the first-round matchup for the Jets against the Blues. Not a great way to start the series. We are also going to break down the entire NHL playoffs. All right, so segment number one, Kyle. I don't know if we can call this a playoff preview episode if the playoffs have already started. Does that still work, then? Well, I mean, we're going to make it work. Um, It is what it is today. Yeah, so busy schedules with work and different things that uh, both of us have going on. This is as soon as we could get to a podcast this week. And so here we go. Game number one played last night. Winnipeg Jets taking on the St. Louis Blues. Jets number two seed. Blues number three. I guess we missed some of the games that closed out the regular season last week. We don't really need to go over those as far as I'm concerned. Let's just stick to the playoffs. Game one last night. I didn't get a chance to watch. I was calling the Terrier games, so unfortunately I was busy at the exact time as the Jets. No way I could get away. Could only see highlights and hear people's reactions to it after. But you got to watch every single minute, Kyle. Take us through it. Yeah, so it was... uh... It was interesting, and I know most people have read all about the the pregame and the scouting reports, and that's why we're not going to go much into that because we know all those things already. Uh, we want to discuss game number one, and essentially the first two periods, it was as if the Jets knew exactly what they were talking about when they said, we have to flip the switch come playoff time. So they and flipped they did the switch. exactly that. What's that? So they flipped the switch. Oh, 100%. In the first 40 minutes, the Winnipeg Jets, I would say outplayed the St. Louis Blues. It, maybe not by a wide margin, but by and large, they were getting majority of the chances. They were controlling most of the play for most of the first 40 minutes. It, it was probably the best you've seen the Jets play in, in weeks, maybe since that Nashville game uh, about a month ago now, but it was just a really solid effort in the first two periods. Now, when you take a look at the different line combinations for the Winnipeg Jets, uh, going with Connor Shifley-Wheeler, Perot-Hayes-Ehlers, Cop-Little-Line, and then Lindholm-Lowry-Roswick. That was the lines last night? Yeah, it was. And uh, it actually worked out really well. The Winnipeg Jets rolling four lines, essentially at 5-on-5 five five, continually, 1-2-3-4, 1-2-3-4, uh, depending on how you want to number those lines. But it, it's, it's really good, I think. Line had one of his best games in months. He was all over the puck. He had great chances. He scored an absolute rocket of a goal. And he's playing with two guys where he may not excel, you would think. But he's been playing well. So all these lines are kind of working, I would say. That fourth line uh, was pretty good as well, getting a decent amount of minutes with Lowry on there, uh, with Lindholm and Roslevic. But each line kind of um, came to play at least through the first 40 and we'll get to the third period in a little bit. One last thing I wanted to mention before we get to the last 20, does it kind of show that Lowry can really elevate the players around him? Because he's often been with Tanev and Kopp, who you could argue are also solid play drivers, and Perot, and he's had little. But now taking two guys in Lindholm and Roslovic, and if Lowry can bring them up even just to adequate play, it really just boosts that line. Yeah, I wrote about Adam Lowry in in my X-Factor series before the playoffs. If you haven't, go check all three of those out. Um, but I talked specifically about Adam Lowry, how he is able to um, make all of his line mates better. And you could say the same about Andrew Cobb. Andrew Cobb has that same effect. But Adam Lowry, even more so. A guy like Brandon Tanev doesn't really carry a line by himself. Um, fairly dependent on Lowry in their minutes together. But Adam Lowry, depending on, doesn't matter who he's playing with, seems to always um, make his teammates better, even if it's Rosvick, Lindholm, Little, Tanev, it doesn't matter. Lowry's that guy in the center, center, in center ice that can pretty much do it all. 
And so now we've been having these glowing reviews, but the Jets lost the game, and that's ultimately what it's all about. There's no consolation points. There's no taking solace in anything. It's wins and losses, black and white in the playoffs, and the Jets are now down one game already. Yeah, exactly, and that goes um, exactly because of the third period. Uh, The Winnipeg Jets reverted back to their last probably three or four months of style in the third period, and what I mean by that is they struggled to get anything going in the offensive end. They would have turnovers in their own end. They'd have no speed at neutral ice. They were all at a standstill. They would revert to dumping the puck in, going for a line change, and then St. Louis would just come back right on top of them, and it was just rinse and repeat. Couldn't get it out of the zone. Guy standing still. Even the, the little pressure they did have, it was easily cleared away. There wasn't anything going towards the net. It was shots from long range. St. Louis easily scooped up. Jets would go to change. St. Louis was was, was coming on them pretty quickly. Um, I mean, good on the Blues for creating havoc in the offensive end, but the Jets, uh, it, they just looked very poor in the third period, not getting their legs moving, some passes not working out. And so now um, what's, what's the cause of this, Kyle? So when you talk about this, you talk about what actually happened, but now the real question, though, as fans, and we often want to talk about, is why did this happen? Would, were the Jets, do you think, just too confident? They were up a goal and they just wanted to play safe. I've seen teams do that when you're up, you're into the third period, you just want to kind of stay it, keep it simple, you just get pucks out, don't try and be too aggressive because you don't want to get caught. Is it a case of uh, these players' fatigue? They went, they turned it up a notch, they played amazing through first two periods, but they used up all their energy. What do you think? Well, I think it's a combination of, um, so you said confidence at the very beginning. I would say it's actually the opposite. It's that lack of confidence. And this is where we see those games against Minnesota, those games against San Jose, all those ones are lingering in the back of their mind as they're playing the third period. What if this happens? What if we get scored on? As soon as you have those little doubts in your own game, that's where these little mistakes start to creep in. You start playing a little bit cautious. You start playing, you start second-guessing yourself. Instead of taking a chance at the puck, you just skate back towards your net instead. And the thing I, I really liked for the, from the Winnipeg Jets in the, in the first 40 was the activation of their D. Not necessarily in the offensive end, but their activation in the neutral zone was excellent. Tyler Myers was hard on the puck in the neutral zone. Dustin Bufflin, the second the puck was in the neutral zone, St. Louis had no time and space that the D were jumping up into the play. It, it maybe caused Winnipeg a few odd man rushes throughout the game, but now the Jets were just sitting back in the third, being cautious, not allowing a two-on-one, but instead they were allowing the constant pressure because of those turnovers in their end. So for me, the cause behind all this was that lack of aggressiveness in the third period. Because they didn't want to give up a play, they were just giving up essentially the entire zone rather than an all-man rush. Well, hopefully this can wake the Jets up for game number two. So now what do you do going into game number two? What do you change? What do you make? What do you do differently? Now, do we have any word yet on Brandon Tanev? Uh, he, depends who you ask, but as far as we know, he's still, he's day-to-day, could be in, could be out. Maurice is pretty much mums the word on that one. So basically, though, it would just be Tanev for Lindholm. So that's not a massive change to your lineup. But what do you do differently in the game? Do you change anything, up, like, lineup-wise? I, I don't think you change the lineup, because I thought it was actually pretty pretty good. It was pretty even being able to roll all four lines. Uh, the thing for me is that if you're if you're changing any style... I think you want to get back to that hard, aggressive, fast game that they played in the first half of the game with the defense jumping up in the neutral zone, not allowing any time and space rather than sitting back. If you do give up an odd man rush, I mean, it is what it is. It's going to happen. 
but I think the Jets are more effective when they play that style. And then in the offensive end, the Jets were really content to just sit back and take shots from the outside. If you look at their shot maps from the game, uh, I know I, was, I posted it in the thumbs up, thumbs down that, I, that came out this morning. You can go take a look at that. The shot map for the Jets, there's hardly anything right around the crease. St. Louis has some in the crease, at least a little bit. The Winnipeg Jets essentially have nothing coming, no shot attempts from down low, from right inside the crease. They're taking all their shots from a little bit further away. So for Winnipeg, you got to get to those dirty areas. You just have to score maybe a lucky goal, get a bounce. Maybe that's the best way to beat Bennington. Yeah, and only one goal scored in game number one. And so obviously there still needs to be a little bit more offense. You don't want to try and win every game one to nothing. So I think that pretty much covers game number one. And so before we can preview the rest of the playoffs, let's just preview the rest of this series quickly. So now that there, this becomes down to the Jets need to win four, it's the six games left. What do you think uh, the, what the outlook is for this series? Can the Jets beat the Blues? Oh, definitely. I mean, we saw that in, in game in game one, that they can easily play with this team. That's not the issue. One of the issues is playing a full 60 minutes. That's been the issue all season. Uh, the other issue is Jordan Bennington was really, really good in game number one, and that's why I'm saying you have to get to those dirty areas, maybe get a lucky one. I don't want it to turn into what happened last year against the Golden Knights where um, almost the image of Marc-Andre Fleury is, is so dominant that the Jets can't score. Um, because Fleury dominated that series. I don't want it to happen with Bennington as well, that the Jets get into the playoffs and they all sudden think they can't score anymore. It's more so that belief that you just need to see a few go in for that to happen. I was going to say, I want it to be like the Vegas series in that the team that wins the first game loses the next four. Well, well you could go with that route as well, or you could go with uh, the National Series last year where the road team wins almost every game. Depends how you look at it. <laughs> I guess so. So hopefully the Winnipeg Jets can uh, pull one out. Game number two. Uh, game two obviously going to be pretty crucial. Uh, whether you're tied or down 2 nothing, definitely makes a difference heading back to St. Louis. So this is going to be a crucial but, one tomorrow night. But if you remember last year, the Washington Capitals, down 0-2 in their own building, go on to win the Stanley Cup. That's right? true. They were down 2 nothing in that series. They were a shot away from going down 3 nothing in the series in overtime of game three ended up winning that one on the road, well, they go on to win the Cup. So I think there's absolutely nothing to worry about. Even if you go down 0-2, there is still nothing to worry about. You always have a chance in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That is very true and a good way to keep it in perspective. All right, so let's take a look at the other series, and now I can kind of get back into the conversation after not uh, after missing game number one. All right, so now that we've broken down the Jets and Blues, uh, I don't think we got a prediction. I'm still predicting the Jets are going to win. You? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. You have to. Yeah, so Jets Nation podcast, we can't all of a sudden go turn our back on the Winnipeg Jets. That would just be heretical almost. All right, so let's take a look at the rest of the Western Conference. Let's finish up the West before crossing over to the East. Nashville, Dallas, uh, what do you have in this series? So I have Dallas winning it. The reason why is they've been good lately. Nashville hasn't been that good lately, especially in the last several months. I'm not scared of Nashville this year like I have been in previous years. I think Dallas wins this one. Now, I heard some people comparing Nashville to Winnipeg in the fact that they are, again, a team that was there last year and had some problems down the stretch. I think Nashville still is going to pull it out, even though they lost game one. I'm still going to take Nashville maybe in six. All right, let's go to the other two series. Uh, Let's go to the Pacific, uh, Calgary, Colorado. Uh, I don't trust either team. I would not be surprised to see Calgary win easily. I wouldn't be surprised if Colorado gets the upset, technically. Um, 
I think Calgary can pull it out. They were first for a reason. That being said, their goaltending is very suspect still. I, I got to wonder how far they're going to get in these playoffs, but I think they make it out of round one. Well, I just doubt Colorado's depth after that top line. I like Calgary's depth. I think they have a lot of balance. Uh, Goudreau, maybe not as high a profile as superstar as some might think, but he's got a lot of ability. It's just, can they get their goaltending in shape? Their defense is good. Their offensive depth is there. They had uh, how many players? Was it five players have 70 points this year? They have. I'm liking the Calgary Flames to get out of the Pacific Division. Okay, so let's go on to the next series. The only other one in the West, San Jose-Vegas. Yeah, this one's going to be really interesting. It could be, I'm thinking this could be one of the best series of the entire first round. Uh, very evenly matched up. San, San Jose, uh, a very good team all year. Vegas kind of coming on strong near the end of the year. Should be really good to see. I like San Jose to win this one. Eric Carlson is back. Evander Kane is back. They have essentially their whole, whole team ready to go. I think they win this series. And it's funny, I was talking with somebody the other day and they were saying how, oh yeah, Vegas is going to do well. They're going to go far again this year. And when we were doing the fantasy draft actually at our uh, work for the playoffs, I forgot about some of the superstars Vegas had, having adding Pacioretty, adding Stone, and then of course they've got Smith and Tuck and Marsha Show and, and Carlson's and still Stastny. there. And Stastny, yeah, and for, I forgot about Stastny. There's actually a lot of really good players on Vegas that they have added over the last couple of seasons. But I really like San Jose. They Some of their core guys up front are getting older, but they've got Burns and Carlson on the back end. Martin Jones hasn't played great at times, but I think San Jose uh, is going to get the job done. So I've picked San Jose, but I think it could go seven if we're going to see any series go seven in the first round. All right, so now let's move over to the East. Uh, let's start with uh, Tampa Bay. First overall, they lost game number one to Columbus. I was kind of surprised. I actually had predicted that to be a sweep. I thought if any series is going to go four, it's going to be that one. Tampa Bay rolling over Columbus. But again, that's why they play the games, and that's what is exciting about playoff hockey. Yeah, the funny thing is I actually started watching this game on TV yesterday. Uh, I flipped to it, and it was already one nothing in the very early going uh, in the first period. So I flipped away. And by the time I flipped back, it was still in the first, and it was 2 nothing. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm not surprised uh, for Tampa Bay. So I flipped back to New York-Pittsburgh, waiting for the Jets game to start. Okay, I'll flip back to Tampa one more time. 3 nothing. The three times I checked, they always scored. So I'm assuming Tampa Bay is just going to run away with this game. I completely forgot about the game. All of a sudden, midway through the Jets game, I go back to check the score, and it's, what? 4-3 Columbus. What's going on here? Um, so just a really interesting turn of events going on. Tampa Bay playing at home gets absolutely stunned by Columbus in game one. I don't think it'll rattle them. I still think Tampa Bay wins it. Could they win it in five? I think easily they are the best team. Yeah, no, I definitely think Tampa Bay could come back. And I think that's going to be a little bit of a shock to their system. I think that's good for them, seeing that, oh, we're not going to just steamroll everybody now that it's the playoffs. And so I think that's going to be good for them. So now Boston-Toronto. This is an interesting series. This one also could go seven. Uh, I think a lot of these two, three matchups are kind of the ones that we predict. But really, the numbers don't necessarily mean a lot because teams can get hot at different times of the year. And really, the amount of points and the amount of skill that separates a one from a wild card, other than the gap between Tampa and Columbus, a lot of times it actually isn't that far apart. It's just one or two hot streaks or one or two cold streaks difference. And so now Boston-Toronto, though, I have uh, a couple of Bruins fans in my office. Uh, I would really love to see the Bruins lose. 
Uh, we only have one Leafs fan, so two against one. I'd rather take one Leafs fan than two Bruins fans. Uh, so I'm cheering for the Leafs for that reason. Uh, but personally, just looking at this series over the years and how many times Toronto has lost to the Bruins, I think Toronto is due and maybe that doesn't mean anything. That's really not much of a hockey answer. But when you see these teams and these players who've lost to the Bruins, they lost, was it last year, I think, in the playoffs to the Bruins, there's going to be some Leafs on this club that want to turn that around. I think Austin Matthews is going to play better better this year. Mitch Marner, I say the Leafs are going to take it. Yeah, I mean, this could easily be the best series um, of the entire playoffs. Two really, really good teams. Um I think both teams are, are Stanley Cup caliber teams. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see because, like you said, they have such a long history, especially over the last just several years, going back five, ten years. They played so many times in in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I like Boston's chances. I mean, um, the the Leafs are getting healthy now, uh, Gardner back, that sort of thing. But I I do think Boston has the edge. I think they're a little bit deeper. The Bruins are. Um, so I'm taking Boston in this one, but this could easily go either way. It could be the best series overall. You think the the Boston Bruins offense is deeper? I would say so, probably. Really? When, when I, I mean, look, but if you're looking at the high end skill, like there's there's no chance like the Leafs easily take it, right? If you're looking at five six players, but I think the depth of the Bruins is kind of their strength. Okay, but look at this. Okay, this is the third line for the Leafs. They've got Patrick Marlowe, Nazem Kadri, and William Nylander on your third line. Austin Matthews. I, under, the, I understand that. But they've got Nylander's, t- depending on who you ask, Nylander's been suspect. Marlowe's just kind of skating around out there. I mean, Kadri's he's good, but he, he's not going to score you points. But you're debating this is a third line. Their two centers, their top two centers are arguably two of the best centers in the world in Austin no, Matthews and John. that's what I'm saying, though. I, I know Toronto has the better high-end talent. Toronto has better high-end talent than any other team in the National Hockey League. Guaranteed. Here's the third line. Maybe not Tampa Bay. Here's right? The th- so maybe not Tampa Bay, but the Leafs are, are more skilled than any other team in the league. Here's the third line for the Bruins. Charlie Coyle, Danton Heinen, and Marcus Johansson. Doesn't set the world on fire. The fourth line... No, but Charlie Coyle, like, on most teams, Charlie Coyle is second-line center, right? Yeah, that's true. And that's where he came from. The second line... You have have one of the... A good second-line center down to your third line. Yeah, the top two lines for the Bruins have been lights out. The number one line in hockey is Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak. It's on, according to Daily Faceoff, that's the number one rated first line in hockey. So you can't even argue that fact. That is the number one line. And then the number two line is actually the number two second line. And so you could argue that the top two lines are actually, you're, you're right. I understand your case for the Bruins. I personally like the Leafs up front. And I think the Leafs are a little bit weaker at defense. But I think... Well, we could debate this series all day. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, I think that's about it. All right, so let's move over. We've got one last conference to go. This has already been going on fairly long here as we look at the preview. So Washington, Carolina. Prediction? I think this entire division is a total toss-up. I I would not be surprised to see any one of these four make it out. I'm actually going to say Carolina beating the defending championship. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. If you look at all the underlying numbers, the Carolina Hurricanes have underperformed virtually every single metric this year. And I know a lot of people don't put stock into that. I do a little bit, but I don't know. I I, I can see Carolina beating the Capitals. 
Well, going to again to Daily Faceoff and looking at their numbers, they've got the 14th ranked first line. Aho, Williams, and Niederreiter is their top line. Jordan Stahl is their second line center. Furland and Teravinen on the wings, the ninth best uh, second line. They've got the 19th best, best uh, third line and f- uh, 13th best fourth line. It's kind of all middle of the pack. Their defense is great. Dougie Hamilton and Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci, Justin Falk, uh, Fleury and Van Riemsdyk. They do have some pretty good defense, and so I will give them that. And it, it, I guess it depends on how Mrazic and McElhaney do. It, it, to me, it's just a lot of unproven guys, a lot of guys who've maybe been on the fringe on other teams, and maybe this is their chance to step up. I just have a hard time seeing that happen against Washington. Maybe I'm leaning too much on experience. Washington did finish first for a reason. Carolina kind of just squeaked in at the end. I still think the defending champs have enough to get past the first round. So let, then we take a look at the final series. Uh, New York Islanders, Pittsburgh Penguins. To me, I think this is a toss-up. Which one are you going in this series? Yeah, I'm going with Pittsburgh. I, I want to say the Islanders... I just don't really trust them yet. I, I didn't trust them all year, and they kept proving me wrong. Will they prove me wrong again? Well, it's very possible, but I'm still going Pittsburgh in this one. Um, they're, they're still so good, the Penguins are, every year when it comes to the playoffs. Well, they say defense wins championships. That's the old adage. We've all heard it. The Islanders' defense this year has been kind of what's carried them this far. I think. Would you say it's kind of like a commitment to the team defense? Well, I think that's exactly what it is. Barry Trotz comes in, comes in, implements a, a, a new system for the team, and all of a sudden they go from essentially worst to first, uh, a meteoric rise in regards to team defense. Yeah, you lose your superstar in John Tavares, yet you're still winning. Other than Matt Barzell, the average casual hockey fan, I don't know if could name another player on the New York Islanders. Like I know you and me could probably knock out a couple, but even still, they're one of those teams where it's just kind of like once they get to the cup final, a lot of casual fans are going to be, who? And so uh, they won game one, 4-3 in overtime over Pittsburgh. Uh, this might be one of those ones where a lot of casual fans uh, get surprised, but I also picked uh, Pittsburgh uh, to win that series in six. And so we'll see if my prediction comes true. And so now that we've kind of looked through the first round in detail, let's just take a look at the West. What do you call right now for Western Conference final? I'm thinking it's probably, I mean, once again, being a Winnipeg Jets podcast, uh, I'm saying Winnipeg and San Jose in the West Final. Okay, I'm going uh, Winnipeg-Calgary uh, just because I, I think the Flames are a really good team. They were first for a reason in the West. I like, uh, I think, I, plus then if it's Jets-Calgary, then we're guaranteed a Canadian team in the Cup Final. Uh, and then for the East, your Eastern Conference Final? In the East, I'm going Tampa Bay. They're not phased by this one loss. They're going to win the first two rounds. And I'm going Carolina. If they beat the Capitals, they're going to keep on cruising. They're going to beat the Penguins. They're going to get all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Hurricanes and Lightning. Really? I uh, I know one Carolina Hurricane fan who uh, works here at the radio station. Uh, the only Carolina Hurricane fan I know. And so maybe you're kind of jumping on that bandwagon. Uh, but I have uh, Tampa and Pittsburgh. I think uh, Pittsburgh, for some reason in my bracket, I decided to bring them over the uh, Capitals and get out of that division. And so then Stanley Cup Final, I have Jets Lightning, Jets taking it. It's Jets Nation podcast. We have to. You, Kyle? Yep, yep, totally agree. I had the exact same thing in mind. All right, so there we go. So those are our bracket challenge. Uh, You can kind of deduce the second round based on what we've picked so far. Uh, But that pretty much does it for our playoff preview. Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to add, Kyle? No, I mean, I'm, the last thing I kind of wanted to mention is just the atmosphere in Winnipeg. 
Uh, I'm now living in Winnipeg, and just seeing the city, the white, the uh, the businesses going all out with flag, that sort of thing, um, just seeing the atmosphere in Winnipeg, watching the game yesterday, seeing the thousands of people um, packing the streets, packing Bell and TS Place, it's just such a special time in Winnipeg. Even if the Jets aren't guaranteed to go to the first, second, third round, whatever it is, fans are still hardcore in this city, and I absolutely love it. Do you feel the optimism is as high as it was last year? Oh, no, definitely not. And that was felt last week. But as soon as the puck dropped, there was this shift that we don't care how this team has looked in the last four months. We're all going to be screaming, jumping up and down, decked out in white, just having a blast because that's just what we do. And I think that was a really nice thing to see that despite all the adversity we've seen over the last several months, that when the puck dropped, everybody's just a fan. Absolutely. I am right there with you, and I am excited for game number two. Well, that does it for the Jets Nation podcast. If you have anything you want us to talk about, hit us up at Jets and Podcast. Go Jets, go. Find all of the Jets Nation podcasts at JetsNation.ca.